The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and this is our Week 7 recap of Sunday's action. What a wild day of football. Woo, man, I hope you were able to sit down, get comfortable. You'd have been even more comfortable if you were uh, enjoying some Express. And this episode is indeed sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer for Pick 6 Podcast listeners later in the show. First, we're going to get to, uh, you guys won't believe this, John Breach, Ryan Wilson joining me. Um, what's up, fellas? I can't believe it's week seven. It feels like week 77. Are you serious? It feels like week three. I feel yeah, like this fine. this season has flown by. Really? I don't know why that make it feel like week three. You, you feel like it's going too slow? Yeah, because he's you, driving. Yeah. He's driving to Connecticut every weekend. And spending- well, that's not the bad part. The bad part is I end my weekend trips to Connecticut with you two buttholes at three in the morning. <laughs> I well, said I the reason that we're recording this podcast later, and so I do uh, radio with my buddy Adam Gold locally, and I do it with Darren Smith out in San Diego every Monday. And every Monday, each both of them are like, "Okay, listen to the show this morning." 90 minutes, huh? At 1 a.m. What are you doing? Why are you doing this yourselves? Well, we're here to recap the entire week. We're going to try and keep it tight because the Seahawks and Cardinals, 37-34 winner for Arizona in overtime, ran really late, and we started recording this around 1 a.m. We might spend 90 minutes just talking on this game, to be honest. That's how nuts it, this was. It was bonkers. It was, what, what was the, why can't the Seahawks play a, a normal game? Why can't they just play a normal game? Here's the just once. Just one thing. That just game got one. so crazy over the final uh f- almost 40 minutes is that the lead isn't DK Metcalf ran down Buda Baker uh yeah. to save a touchdown, which at the time uh they didn't even score. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Brinson trying to focus on his face. Yeah, there you go. Um <laughs> chance. But uh yeah, it was an amazing play. And I talked about this in HQ. Buda Baker ran a 4-4-5 at the combine. DK Metcalf ran a 4-3-3. It takes about 90 yards for a 4-3-3 to catch 4-4-5, it turns out. Uh, 21 miles an hour versus about 22 and a half miles an hour. 22.64 miles per hour is the speed at which DK Metcalf maxed out per next-gen stats. Yeah. So, Wait, I mean, what did that, you say it was? 
22.64. Second fastest of any defensive player this season behind his own teammate. And by the way, one last thing on that DK Metcalf thing, which for me is already right now it's the best play of this season. I'm sure there'll be other. That's fine. It's good. Here's the thing. Like 95% of wide receivers can have a jaw dropping, amazing catch. One or two wide receivers can track down a four, four, five guy from the goal line and tackle him before he scores. And DK Metcalf is clearly one well, of those. Well, and guys. like, so if you're watching the play and the play, if, if you didn't see the play, you need to, you need to see it. It's a, the sort of play where you text your buddies immediately. Uh, Russell Wilson is attempting a pass. DK Metcalf is running a crossing route. Um, from the left. That wasn't right. even intended for him. No, no, it wasn't. And Buddha Baker jumps a route. And I mean, like, he scoops it and you can almost see him like smiling because he knows that he's waltzing to the end zone because he, he like, it's not like he picks it and has to turn around. He jumps the route and he's just running towards the end zone. He's gone. He's scoring. It's over. And all of a sudden DK Metcalf looks like he is on uh, some kind of turbo booster flying up, trying tracking down. Uh, and, and you knew the entire time. You're like, He's walking him down. And he is like, a train on compound V. I yes. Yes. That's a great comp. How are you loving the boys? I know. It's great. I, I don't, don't get sidetracked. I finished the second season. It's incredible. <laughs> I know. I saw um, Wilson okay. literally started this podcast off, by the way, by telling us not to get sidetracked a single time and that he would glare at us. And the first person to throw the podcast off the rails is Wilson himself. And the then irony. he threw out a boys, the boys reference. Like I wasn't going to just like spin wildly out of control. Like it was a squirrel or like it was a hummingbird flying around my office or something like that. Um, by the way, I once actually, uh, had a hummingbird in my house and successfully. Made you know what this was like, Brinson? This was like watching bleep what? run you down. This is like watching Bleep run you down when you Ooh. guys ran that 40 in Fort Lauderdale that one time. I don't think Ooh. you ran me down because I never had a lead. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is like Budabeka with a 10-yard behind the start of, of I mean, look, That sparked tons of memes, and it's hilarious. And it should be going on for a while. Debo did his normal, uh, you know, uh, here's my re- a relationship or, or like a possible relationship, my uh, commitment issues, which nobody actually thinks Debo has, but it is funny. Um, and I pointed out to Pete Briscoe that it's me walking him down in uh in ATS picks. By the way, 10 uh 10 3 against spread this week. Seahawks and Cardinals ruined. Yeah, you went 10 3 too, right? Ruined my um perfect week straight up. But I, I what what so what is the craziest moment? Cuz I mean, I would almost suggest that it was Cliff Kingsbury attempting a 41-yard field goal on second down in overtime. Well, breach is a special teams guy. Breach, go ahead. All right. I will say that I can't defend that exact moment especially after icing his own kicker but i will say that kicking a field goal on not fourth down in overtime is it's not it's not common but it happens and here's the thinking is that if it's a bad snap then the holder's just supposed to spike it and then you get to run another play so you basically get a redo and in overtime you want that because you don't want the other team to take over and then only need like 20 yards to get a first down. So, but usually a team, if they are going to go that strategy, they do it on third down. Cliff Kingsbury, not only did he do it on second down, but he did it after they lost five yards on a play. So you just made the kick harder. You still have two timeouts and then you iced your own kicker because the, the play clock was about to run out. So that, that was a crazy play. And if I was Kingsbury, I would have run at least one more play because you could do anything you wanted and you know, you've been going up and down the field on the Seahawks. You get five, seven more yards. It becomes an infinitely easier kick. Uh, and then, you know, how can you look your kicker in the eye when he nails the kick 
and then you call timeout, and then he misses. So you iced him and kept him from getting closer. Uh, if the Cardinals would have lost, that would have been an awkward, awkward post game for uh, Zane Gonzalez and Cliff Kingsbury. But they didn't, so it didn't matter. The Seahawks had uh. the ball up ten with a second and one, and it was over. That game was over. With six minutes to go. It was, I don't know how they lost that game. That's a bad loss. I know how they lost the game. And here's the thing. And I was actually thinking about this. So going into this game, it was clear to me that the Seahawks were the best team in the NFC. Eric Casillas, the host uh, on Sunday nights for HQ, was beating the drum for the Buccaneers. And I wasn't quite, quite ready to go that far. Here's the deal. If Russ Wilson isn't at A-plus level, that defense ain't helping you out. Seahawks defense is bottom five in the NFL. And that might be being generous. Russ was at A minus B plus level. He had a huge game. He had those three really bad interceptions, one almost in the end zone, the other one to Pat Pete in the end zone. And Pat, Russ at that level is good enough to win for a lot of teams. It ain't good enough to win with the Seahawks defense. That defense didn't lay a hand on Kyler Murray. That's a problem. He had 50 dropbacks and he wasn't sacked. That is a huge issue. And here's the other thing. And I'm now all in on Tampa Bay. And we can talk about them more when we get to them. Their schedule is amazingly, amazingly. They will be favored in eight of the nine games remaining on their schedule. Number one. Did, um, did we talk about, uh, why everybody should bet? Debo, did I mention this at all? I hope I did. Yeah. We talked on, uh, our Friday night podcast, just me and you about the Bucks and you laying money on them plus 500 to win the NFC and then maybe sprinkling some on them. Plus twelve hundred to win the whole thing. Plus I was just making sure I don't like to make make it. an actionable item and not provide. No, you were right on that right out away after they signed yep. AB. So, no, so that was one thing. The the schedule is incredibly easy uh, for the Buccaneers going forward. Number two, if uh, Tom Brady has a B minus game, that he has that defense, and that's a huge difference maker. So Russ has to be at his best every single time he takes the field. He was B plus A minus tonight, whatever, and they lost. Yeah, it wasn't, um, the Cardinals were, I don't know if the Cardinals were good. Yes, they were. They were good. Okay. Right. They scored 10 points in the final six minutes. They played well in overtime. Kyler battled. Uh, he got after, like I was wondering, I actually asked BMAC and Scott Peely both. Do you see Kyler yelling at, I think number 85, that random tight end guy who failed on the block and Kyler was jawing at him on the sidelines and Pat Pete had to actually calm him down. And it looked to me sort of like Kyler was being a jerk. And BMAC and both Scott Pioli both said they, they had no issue with it. It's showing leadership and that type of stuff. So it wasn't the fact that he was necessarily being a jerk or whatever, but he played well. He ran well, didn't take big hits, which is the thing we're sometimes concerned about with him. Um, they won that game. The defense played better than the Seahawks defense. Well, their defense is just better than the Seahawks. Now, I mean, like it sucks because you would think that if this team can go on a deep run, that you would, you would probably need Chandler Jones, but Buda Baker's awesome. Byron Murphy's coming along really well in his second year. Uh, Hassan Isaiah Rennick. Simmons even made a play tonight. Isaiah Simmons had a, is a, played three snaps and had, a, had an interception. Hassan Reddick is having an enormous contract year. He's going to get some kind of stupid. By the way, ball. Hassan Reddick was the same guy that uh, who was the guy they fired after one year? Uh, Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes wanted to get rid of Hassan Reddick because he wasn't fitting into what they wanted to do defensively. So it makes me think that. That's I mean, it work. sounds like we're fawning over a defense that pitched a shutout. Let's not. The Cardinals gave up 572 yards fair. of offense. Uh, so it's not, you know, I, I thought this was all 
it was a shootout. It was an offensive game. Kyler Murray was the reason they won. He made, you know, when he was laughing, when he was throwing that pass to DeAndre Hopkins, that was amazing. Uh, but, and you guys, I mean, obviously the Cardinals defense came up with key plays. That's just what the Seahawks didn't do or could do. Tyler Lockett had 15 catches for 200 this yards. This is the first time we're mentioning insane. Tyler Lockett's name. That, and he was by far the best <laughs> player in football this week. Uh, that catch where so he had a touchdown catch. Well, I mean, the one where, they ruled it a touchdown, and then they're like, "The ruling on the field has been changed. It's not a catch." It's like, "Why would why would you do that?" Yeah. Uh, and then they they reviewed it. It was it was overturned to a catch. Um, it, his body control with what he does with his feet on some of those close plays is just outrageous. He is so good, so good. Um, is there a bigger takeaway from this? I mean, I do think the look, the Cardinals are five and two. They were five and eleven last year. Yep. This is a team that can compete. For, this is a playoff team. Right? I, I don't mean, think they're better than the 49ers right now. But well, the, the, NFC West, is, the NFC West is back, baby. We were sort of down them for a hot minute. All four of those teams could go to the playoffs. But the thing about saying they're not better than 49ers, that doesn't matter because they already beat them once. And they're 2-0 and in the division. Every other team in the division has at least one loss. So that's a huge kind of tiebreaker to have at this point in the season when you've played one-third of your divisional games and you're the only team in the division that's still undefeated. So, I mean, even if you don't think they're a playoff team, maybe they're a 9-7 and seven team, whatever, just because they have that and they're 5-2, and two, it feels like as long as they don't collapse down the stretch that maybe they can get in. So they have coming up, they have the Dolphins at home. Uh, they're, they're buys next week. Then they have the Dolphins at home. Then the Bills at home at the Seahawks. At the Patriots, Rams at home, and at the Giants, feel like they could. I mean, like I think three and three is perfectly reasonable there. And then you're, you know, you're staring at a situation where you're eight and five going into the home stretch of your final three games. I mean, this should be a playoff team. See, I mean, they're in great shape. I don't think Kyler Murray's going to win the MVP or anything. I don't think it's out of the question. Still, let me, let me ask you this: Is Russ still your MVP favorite? Yeah, I think so. All right, answer that. Three picks is not great. Are the Seahawks likely to be the number one seed? I no. would say no. 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 I think, I think the Buccaneers are going to go 13 and three and the Seahawks with that defense. Lord help them. You are. I mean, they yeah. might not win next week against the 49ers and all of a sudden, you know, they're tied with the Cardinals for first. I place. love, I love Russ, but again, he played a B plus A minus game. And they lost an overtime to a good the Cardinals. Seahawks have a, the next, and you can't play a plus games every week. No. Seahawks are at home against the Niners, at the Bills, at the Rams, home against the Cardinals. I mean, I I would be surprised if they went four and zero in that stretch. Well, they were five and zero. Should have been six and zero for being. Honest. Yeah, but I mean, like they they just you can't live like this. Well, no, you can't. You can't. I mean, they've been living like it for eight years. This I mean, is like no, this is just, different. They like, live on the edge permanently. This is like drinking 25 beers every night and driving home and never getting caught. And this is the one night they got caught for a DUI. Like you just can't take an Uber. And by Uber, I mean, hire some defensive people that can tackle and, and make plays. Reaches the analogy together. And it's one the morning. Calling out Melvin Gordon, man. That's, that's mean. Oh, I didn't, didn't need to name names. I know. Breach. Um, all right. You mentioned the, the, uh, we're going to go to the 49ers apparently. Stick with that. You know what? We're not. We're going to talk about the Buccaneers. Oh, um, and we're going to lump these two games together. You know what? Let's, let's do this. Oh no. Oh yeah. Let's lump together. Cause I think it is fascinating to watch the trajectory of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick throughout the year. 
Ooh. So let's talk about the Buccaneers beating the Raiders 45 to 20. Uh, the Bucks covered minus four, the over 51 and a half hit easily. The Bucks almost got there by themselves. Tom Brady was fantastic. 44 fantasy points. He scored four. Uh, he had through four passing touchdowns and rushed for another one on a sneak. And then is tying these together crazy? It's not crazy, right? What the Patriots? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. And then the Patriots got stopped by the 49ers, yeah. 33 to six at home. Obviously the 49ers covered. Woo. Uh, one of my best bets for the week and the oh, six and no oh, best bets Man. and the under 44 and a half hit as well. Jeff Wilson, your top fantasy performer, 29 points. I think that these games are interesting too, because so the Patriots played the 49ers who had Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and also Kyle Shanahan, who Bill Belichick beat in the Super Bowl. In the 28-3 Falcons game. I love you're hanging up. Dan Quinn was the head coach. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, like, I mean, Kyle Shanahan caught a lot of flack for that. Like, yeah. he, how many, like, it, it was like Daryl Bevel level flack in terms of offensive coordinator. And rightly so, I feel like. But go ahead. Sure. Yeah. If you're up 28 to three, you think the offense yeah. is going to score maybe just three more points. Uh, You'd be wrong. Yeah, again, we, we don't need to revisit the 28-3 Super Bowl guys. Um, and then in the Buccaneers Raiders game, that was like the tuck rule game. Where Tom Brady was on the, you know, like, like that got Gruden traded to the Buccaneers from the Raiders. And then now Brady's on the Buccaneers and Gruden's back with the Raiders. It just felt very like, I don't know. There's something about it. And these games were blowouts and it is really hard to get to end the day on Sunday and not think about how much better the Buccaneers are than the Patriots right now. Let me ask this question before we go on. And I, been adamant about this for as long as I've been asking this question. So you have 20 years starting in 2001. Are you taking Bill Belichick in New England? Or are you taking Tom Brady? You can only have one. I'm taking Tom Brady. I'm taking Bill Belichick. I'm also taking Belichick. Okay. Well, look to Cleveland to see how that works out. Look to what? Yeah. Cleveland to see how that works out. The Browns okay. last playoff win was with Belichick. What's your point? They haven't Tom won. Tom Brady has six Super years. Bowls. That's my point, Breach. Not oh! everyone wants to be the. Oh. Oh! That dude just dunked on himself and he missed the dunk. Get yeah. out of here. Belichick, he has all the Super Bowls with Belichick, man. If you take Brady out of the equation, Belichick is a really good coach without a quarterback. That's my point. Don't you think he would have found a quarterback at some point? I mean, look, of course it, they both matter. How's that working in Cleveland? And how, how did it work in Cleveland? And how's it working this year? So you're telling me that if Freddie Kitchens and Tom Brady are in, oh, in Cleveland. I'm not telling in, you that. No one in is New England for 20 years. They're winning. Freddie Kitchens Bowls? is not telling you that. Stop it. Who's the coach? Pete Carroll was there before Bra- before Belichick got there. Put they Pete Carroll him. there. I'm not taking that. Okay. Belichick got fired and they, they hired him they, too. Name a coach who's with Tom Brady, a reasonable coach who's with Tom Brady for 20 years in New England. Bill Parcells was there before Belichick got there. What about that? Sean Payton and Drew Brees have won one Super Bowl. Tom Brady's not winning multiple Super Bowls Bill Parcells with another coach. He's maybe winning one or two. Belichick. Okay. That's fine. You're that, that's why it's, it's, um, that's why this is a hot topic debate show. Um, what are you, are you dunking on yourself? Cause I said it's a hot topic debate show. Uh, okay, good. Right. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad we disagree. Right, well, record. let me ask what, Brinson what this question. Who would you rather right have? Now, if Belichick was coaching the Bucks, undefeated. No, I'd be the same. They'd be undefeated. They would have beaten, they would have beaten the Bears. Why are you so afraid of Bill Belichick? Wait. <laughs> He's the greatest coach of all time. That's the most absurd question that. anyone's ever asked me on a podcast. Really? And you go on a cat podcast every week. That's really weird. Okay. Twice a week, Ryan. All right. Well, look, I, that's where I stand and you guys, you know what the name of that cat podcast is, right? 
I kill cats for fun. No, it's right not appropriate. Meow. Right meow. Yeah. That's worse than my, my Tom Brady for Bill Belichick take. All right. Go ahead. Make your other points. I win that one. Round two. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, I just think it is, I do think, but now I do think that what you're saying is interesting because people who are pro Tom Brady in the Tom Bill argument right now have a major leg to stand on because of how well the Buccaneers are playing and how crappy the, the Patriots look. And Cam Newton was awful on Sunday. Awful. He got, it was a mercy bench. I don't want to say he got bench. It wasn't like to go, to go along with what Ryan was saying though. Do you think Belichick is regretting letting Tom Brady walk? He has to be in his heart of hearts. Yes. But I get the sense like he wanted, just like Tom Brady probably did, wanted to prove that he doesn't need his quote unquote better half. Both of those guys probably had that same thought. I'm just speculating. I have no idea, but it wouldn't surprise me. I think, I think Belichick believed that he was letting Tom Brady go a year early rather than a year late. Right. And I think that it's, I think he, he is, I think he is cold and calculating enough that he is not bothered by, uh, his decision. Like, I think he's like, well, I probably made the wrong decision. But I think long term it will be right for us. You want to hear my my conspiracy theory about this season going south for the Patriots? I think the Patriots are going to lose twice to the Jets to keep the Jets from getting Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's my. I guess. mean, the the whole Belichick is tanking to get Trevor Lawrence conspiracy theories. I don't. I don't. They don't hold weight because this team is trying and like they they had the, you know they had Brian Hoyer like almost beat the Chiefs, so it doesn't hold weight. But you know, I do think there's. When people do projections, right? Projections are nothing. That's how like Mike Florio is complaining about projections. Like, so they're basically a guess, right? It's like yes, that, that's like that's what. You mean, how many, how many games going to win projections? No, like you're doing project like a like win probability, expect. probability, probability. Like it's it's not a fact. It's it's you're 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 using you're taking the, it's an educated guess, right? I think Bill Belichick looked at the season and said, okay, here are the likely range of outcomes. And I don't think he's bothered by, like, I don't think he wants to lose 12 games or 14 games, certainly. But I don't think he's bothered. I, I think he knows it's it's in the range of outcomes. You know but what I mean? Reach this question, does it eat him up more that Brady's succeeding while the, the Patriots are currently floundering? It has to be. Right. It has to bother him. Because if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were 0-6 or whatever they are, you'd be like, yeah, okay, I get it. We He'd both... be laughing it up. He wouldn't He'd right. be like, I made the right decision, even dude, if the Patriots were 1-5. After two weeks of the season, we're like, oh, oh, Belichick's getting the best. After the like, first man. game where he looked like crap against the Saints, or not yeah, great the, against the Saints. The Patriots came out hot, and, and Brady looked awful against the Saints, and now Brady looks awesome, and he's fitting in perfectly with Bruce Arians' offense. He's slinging the ball everywhere. They now are running the risk of bringing Antonio Brown in, as we did on the emergency podcast without you two fools. Um but Cam in this game, nine of fifteen for ninety-eight yards and three picks. Is uh, it possible that Cam is feeling the after effects of COVID nineteen? Breach or the doctor? What do you think? Uh, I got my medical degree online, Ryan, so I don't know if that counts. But it, it almost seems like maybe he took a few hits in practice because his accuracy is going back to uh, last year-ish Panthers. I mean, he only threw fifteen passes, but. When you're only completing nine of 15, it's almost like your coach is afraid to be throwing passes because you're throwing the ball to the other team and you're not throwing it to your receivers, which is, uh, the point of throwing passes. So I, it almost feels like 
Belichick's just a little bit worried about Cam Newton, whether that is from hits he's taken, whether that's from COVID. I don't know, but we're talking about, you know, a few weeks ago, this same Patriots team was one yard away from beating the Seahawks. This same Patriots team beat the Raiders by annihilated the Raiders, annihilated the Raiders by two touchdowns. And now they have just gone in the tank since then. And it does seem like it's coincided uh, with Cam. Whether it could be practice time too, because you know they put new game plans in every week more than he most a, teams. He is a, a like a quarterback in his first year on a new team with a very minimal offseason coming off multiple injuries. The multiple injuries thing is the most important thing to me because remember he was drafted right after the CBA. He had no time with the Panthers sure. and came in and balled out immediately. And one of the things I always say when talking about Cam Newton recently is like he's not in his MVP form. That was five years ago. That was literally the 2015 yeah. season. A lot has happened in NFL years. That's dog years, basically. That was 30 years ago in NFL years, and he is not anywhere close to that. And one thing quickly, uh, I don't remember the third interception, but the first one was terrible to Fred Warner. He threw it right to Fred Warner. The, the one that went off Julian Edelman's hands was behind him. I don't know where you go from here other than what we said previously, that maybe Belichick has embraced the idea that they're not very good. And he well, went deep will, on one that was just I will say, I will say this, throw. too. I do think that – one of the things about this particular Patriots team, like they are not, they're, they're not good. Like yeah. I think like they're not, they're not, I'm sorry. They're not great. Like they're definitely not. They're great. not good. Well, here's the thing. I'll just quickly, we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks defense. This Patriots defense was top three last year. Sure. They're, they're replacement level. They're 15th or so according to football outsiders coming into this week. That's going to change. They well, couldn't beat the friggin' Broncos last week when the last three drives fumble interception, interception from Drew Locke. When's the last time Belichick lost two games at home in a row? They haven't started this slowly. All my rundown, I just missed it. They haven't started this slowly since 2000, Belichick's first year in New England. When Tom Brady, by the way. Three straight games for the first time since 2002 when they had a four-game losing streak. By the way. Look, look, about the Patriots on in in both the the Broncos game, sort of, but definitely in this game. The 49ers jumped all over them early and got out to a lead. And New England is not going to come back. Like they're not going to stage furious rallies from it down 18 points. That's not what this team is built to be. They don't have a lot of good weapons on offense. A lot. They have zero. They have nothing. I mean, like this. Kobe Myers was a big target. And I think Demir, uh, Demir Bird was, was up there in terms of receptions. You, you're not going to win that way. Uh, they had the leading receivers were uh, Jacoby Myers. That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Four, four catches for 60 yards. Rex Burke had three catches, 35 yards. Demir yeah. Bird, one catch, 16 yards. Edelman, one catch on three targets for 13 yards. And it was, um, Cam Newton's third interception was to Edelman. Yeah. And that was his uh, second target of the game. I just don't know what the offense is. It's very hit or miss of this team. I, I bet they beat the Bills next week. Though. You know, play. I was going to say, Brenton, the funny thing is that two weeks from now, they could be in first place. Their next right. two games are the Bills and Jets. And then the Bills' next two games are the Seahawks and uh, whoever they play this week uh, are the Patriots. The Patriots and the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing from the the 49ers side of things, I, I I don't know if it's intentional or not, or just game playing, but I thought it was pretty funny that they leaned heavily on Debo Samuel, both receiving and running the ball. The same Debo Samuel that was drafted well after Nikhil Harry. I say, I say, I sort of I was trying to say that. Like I think it's like this is a revenge game for Debo Samuel too before the. Um, game. And look, Jeff Wilson probably going to be gone for a while. Um, not serious. They said with Jeff Wilson and also Debo. Oh, not? No, I think they said uh, maybe a high ankle sprain, maybe something. Oh, that's four to six weeks, but he's not, his season's not over. It looked bad. Right, like he, right, right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they need Tevin Coleman back. They're, 
They can plug anyone in there to run the ball. Clearly, they can have. I don't know who's the kicker in, in San Francisco. Breach. Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold. Oh yeah, let him run the ball. He get hundred yards. They're four and three. They fought back to the spot. Very good situation for them. This is a like they got bl- they blitz the NFC East. Dealt with having to play. Oh no, no, that was the Rams. Sorry, they they blitz the New York teams. Dealt with having to play in MetLife for back to back games. Got blown out by the Dolphins at home and responded in a big, big way, beating the Rams and the Patriots in back-to-back games. Um, uh, really quickly on the Raiders and Buccaneers. The Bucs are awesome. Look They're at their schedule. Awesome. They have one tough game left, and it's it's at home against the Chiefs. That is it. Saints is not an easy game. They still have another one against the Saints. One against the Saints. Okay, that's at home. That's in Tampa Bay, too. So one and a half games, I'll say. Yeah, they're, they're play the Fair. Panthers again. Who? Panthers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they should win that game, though, right? I mean, yeah, let, me, let me ask you this. How many games are they not going to be favored in? Well, you can make all the faces you want. Uh, they're 10.5-point favorite to the Giants. They'll be favored at home against the Saints, favored at the Panthers, favored. Uh, I don't know what the line will be for Chiefs Bucks. So, right, one game potentially they will be dogs in. That's yeah. where we're at. They should. They're in a good spot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, of if, course, Carolina could beat them. Carolina's a surprisingly good football team, but I mean, let's be real. If you can get odds on them, just to reiterate, if you can get odds on them to win the NFC, go take it. I love five hundred to one. It's five to one. Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you just can't five five hundred to one would be lovely. Well, uh, the Falcons plus, are five hundred to one, Ryan. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. If, if you want a five hundred to one, they're team. plus three seventy five to win. Uh, the conference uh, at William and William Hill right now, they are plus they're eight and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. They were twelve to or ten to one when we recorded that podcast on Friday night. They're minus one fifty to win the division. Oh man, I mean, I got a Saints bet to win the division. I I do not want that. I want the the Bucks. All right. Well, I'm just telling you. All right. Uh, okay. Let's. We didn't say anything about the Raiders. Do we want to do that real quick? Princeton, you don't want hate mail. Just say yes. We want to talk about the Raiders real quick. Yes, we'd love to talk about the Raiders. Go ahead. Talk about the Raiders. The Ra- they were, the Raiders. That, that game was crazy. They were The Raiders were just in the game, and then they were down by 20 points. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, like I, I was doing a Twitch stream with Azer, Adam Azer on fantasy, on, on, for fantasy football today. I turned to look at the scores. They're just down 20 points all of a sudden. They were right in the game. Yeah, they scored, they it, outscored it, it, them 38-10 the rest of the way after trailing 10-7 in the second quarter. Well, it was 24-20. And then the Bucks scored 31-20, made it, scored touchdown, made 31-20. And it was like, all right, we're going to have a, an old-fashioned shootout here. Can Derek Carr, you know, keep dicing up the Buccaneers' defense? And then he got picked off the next possession after that 31-20. And then the Buccaneers scored again, and it was over. There's no way they were coming back. Uh, the takeaway for me in the second half of that game was the Bucks' defense in particular. I don't know if you guys saw the highlight of Devin White missile tracking down Derek Carr. just. Find it on Twitter. Devin White hits on, on Derek Carr. It is like a heat-seeking missile, and he blows him up right next to the sideline to the point where, he, for a, a heartbeat, you thought maybe Derek Carr was hurt. He popped up and was okay. But it, it sort of set the tone in the second half for, for just how good uh, that Bucks defense is and, and how quickly that game changed. Devin White, first player in Buccaneers franchise history with 11 tackles and three sacks in a single game. And, I mean, that's, the Buccaneers are not a great franchise in terms of history, but they had some defenses, a defense yeah. that won a Super Bowl. Uh, that is a very impressive uh, statistic. All right. Sure, man. Uh, all right. So, look, you spend all day 
laying around your house, trying to work, trying to watch football. You, I, I know that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have some, I gotta exude confidence, exude professionalism. And deep down inside, I need to be comfortable. So that's why I put on express and I know I'm going to have a good day because I can get compliments while feeling comfortable. Some days we do this podcast at 9 a.m. and some days we do this podcast at 2 a.m. It is literally 1.23 a.m. right now. If I was wearing like a suit, I would just throw, I would go take a bath with my toaster. No, instead, I could be wearing sweats or feel like I'm wearing sweats, but I'm actually wearing Express. And no one that sees me on CBS Sports HQ or the Pick 6 YouTube channel or out and about in Raleigh knows that. So check out what Express has to offer. You, Pick 6 podcast listeners, can get $25 off your $50 purchase from Express. All you have to do is text football, text the word football to 397-737, and you will get a $25 off coupon on a $50 order. If you listen to the podcast, you like the podcast, why wouldn't you like the comfortable clothes? So send the text, get the order. Go, do it right now. All right, Steelers, Titans, Steelers 27, Titans 24. Steelers cover plus one, 50, oh, the over. Tough beat if you had the over because your boy Big Ben threw a back-breaking pick in the end zone that let the, uh, that should have allowed the Steelers to kick a field goal. They didn't. And then Steven Goskowski misses a field goal to send the game into overtime. A.J. Brown was your top fantasy performer, 21 points. Deontay Johnson had 20. Ryan Tannehill had 20. Um, what, uh, what is your confidence level in your Steelers, Ryan? They blew the doors off the Titans in the first half. I mean, yeah, it, it, a 27 to 7 or something, 24 was, to 7. Yeah, I think. They were smashing them. And it, it was actually worse than that. Um, but. And we've seen this from the Steelers, and typically it happens earlier in the in the season. They took their foot off the, the pedal, and usually against worse teams. The, the Titans are a legit, really good football team. But the Titans hung in there. I will say they shut down Derrick Henry, and if Derrick Henry doesn't work, it makes things tougher for Ryan Tannehill. We know the Titans' defense isn't very good. We've talked about that in the past, and they weren't very good in that first half. Uh, they made some opportunistic plays on those turnovers. Uh, the turnovers weren't bad. I've been the one you mentioned, the Juju. I, it was ill-advised. Juju had a chance to catch it. It was, it was a sort of popped up in the air. Had another one pop up in the air as well. Um, but I don't know why they didn't lean on James Conner, who actually outrushed Derrick Henry in the second half, just to take the take the run down the clock and take the pressure off Ben throwing the ball. And I think he threw the ball forty nine times. I mean, there's that's too that's too much in a game. No where reason to do that. Yeah. So um, I was. It's a victory on the road in a tough environment. There were ten thousand plus fans there. Um, <laughs> what are you laughing at? That's how many that were there. I know that ten thousand fans makes it a tough environment. No, but playing in Tennessee is tough. Ten thousand Clay Travis's in the stands. Yeah, I mean, and I was going to ask you before you ask get... her evil. Right, uh, breach. Are are you moving on from Stephen Goskowski? He made a fifty-one yarder. It was he, he striped it, and then he honked a, a forty-one yarder. I believe. Obviously, his time expired. Wait, what, Ryan? Did you say he honked a forty-one yarder? What was the game winner? How, how what was the distance? Was Put some respect Thomas. on his name. It was forty-five yards. That's much more difficult than a forty-one yard. It was a. It was a. It was a good. He missed yeah, it. It looked point. like it was going in. It kept kind of curving right on him, and I think he was a little. You know what? I don't. You don't get rid of him at this point because he won you the game in Minnesota. He won you the game against Jacksonville. He won you the game in Denver. Although the Denver game, they probably would have won if they had a kicker who could make any field goals. Um, but he's absolutely won you at least two games, and. 
you know what your favorite thing to say in these situations are, Ryan? Who else is out there? Who's out there yeah. that's better than Steven Goskowski? It, I'll, I'll tell you this, that when I was watching this game, I only watched uh, most of the fourth quarter, probably about some of the third quarter. But when he went out there, if you asked me what my confidence level was on a scale of one to ten, I would say like a six and a half. Like I, I wasn't very comfortable. Oh, I didn't, is that, that's not very high. Okay. I wasn't no, that's not. Higher. I mean, it's higher than five, but not high enough where you're like, oh, this is definitely going. Is Justin uh, Tucker ten? In that situation? Yeah, Justin Tucker. Anything under 50 in a clutch situation, Justin Tucker is an absolute 10. Um, but like you said, Ryan. Well, like, they also had a uh, really bad – oh, uh, they got jammed on a grounding call that moved them back. Uh-huh. That I, I – I didn't think it could have been – I didn't think it had to be called grounding. I don't – I actually – I was um, on the set, so I didn't see it, but I was I was curious why they moved back now. I know. What were we saying? Yeah, right? it was – they. Uh, Tannehill got flagged for grounding. Oh, okay. And they could have been a little – oh, you know what? On the third down play, I, I thought this was really questionable. And it's the same thing with, like, Cliff Kingsbury on the second down. Like, like on third down, they took a shot to the end zone to win. I actually like that play because uh, – I'm, I'm fine with it, but, you know, if you got 45 yards, like, just get, get – I don't know. Get six or seven more yards. It's make- one of those things. If you're at a certain distance, don't just assume your kicker is going to make the field goal. Yeah. Like – the chances are you're not going to win the the game on this shot to the end zone. And all you did was if, if they would have gotten a five-yard gain there instead of that shot to the end zone, that's a 40-yard field goal. That, the, my confidence the, level there is nine. You know, that's almost a gimme. If you do a, like a, if you do a crossing route or like you run mesh or something like that and you have two guys who are, you know, you hit somebody, like hit Adam Humphreys over the middle, maybe he breaks it for a first down and you get a chance to take that shot and then you Here's- don't have to – come back and hit the 45 yard. Here, I just here's think- how I, I measure those things. I was very nervous when they threw that ball because mm. I knew it was either going to be a touchdown. I don't remember who the receiver was. Corey Davis. Corey Davis, either a touchdown on a high point catch or PI on Joe Hayden, who has been known to get PIs in the end zone. And then sure. it's a chip shot. So I was like, as a, as a, as a Steelers fan, I was waiting to see uh, on, on the bottom but, of the screen. And the that's the way to judge it. Like if you're yeah. a Steelers fan and, and, and you know, Arthur Smith is like, we're going to take a shot play here. You're like, no, 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 no. I'd rather you just run a draw and kick the yeah, field. Yeah, run the crossing routes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's fair. I just thought – I was just surprised they took that shot there because I think it's a pretty low percentage shot. And Cardinals Taylor, did the same thing Sunday night. We were yelling about that right before the field goal. Yeah, that's fair. By the way, A.J. Brown. I love A.J. Brown. Yeah, that's that 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 was memories of uh Demarius Thomas from Tim Tebow versus Ike Taylor in that playoff loss to the, to the I mean, He just breaks back. everything. Like he was running and I was a little far away from the screen. I said, Oh, that's Johnny Smith, he's fast. Uh no. That's Johnny Smith's big brother, AJ Brown. Yeah. I mean, AJ Brown how did Ole Miss not win a hundred games? I said the exact same thing today. And they had Dawson Knox on that team as well. I mean, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf on the same team. And they had who else did they have? Dawson Knox. The, the Wait, there was one more receiver, wasn't there? Um, yes, there was. I can't remember his name. He was undrafted. Like he, he was a Jacoby Myers type player. I can't remember his name right now. How dare you? Nah, nah. And who was the Ole Miss quarterback in twenty eighteen oh, so and twenty nineteen? Fitzgerald, well, I believe. Point. You can't, yeah. <laughs> hey, it to was my a, point. No, no. Oh, wait, they had Jordan Tayamu. No, he's not Ole Miss. He's is he Ole Miss? Yes. He was. He was two thousand eighteen. They had Jordan Tayamu. It was actually good. That's when Ole Miss went five and seven somehow. That's terrible. Yeah, they they weren't good. I thought that's funny. I didn't think it was Jordan Tomo. Okay, my bad. AJ, I mean DK. Friend of the pod, Jordan Tomo. Yeah, friend of the pod. That's right. Uh, Is it Elijah Moore? No. Braylon Sanders. No. 
I can look it up while you're. We're doing great on time, and I'm going to no, no, you know, no, no, don't even. We're not even going to talk about it. Moving on. We're doing great on time. We're not going to derail it with old Miss. Just discussions about old Miss wide receivers. Oh, and the Steelers are the final undefeated team in the NFL. Three of the past five years, the final undefeated team has ended up in the Super Bowl. Hey, so do you think it's good or bad for me that the Bears are the current number one seed in the NFC and the Steelers are the current number one seed in the AFC? It's good for your social media. (laughs) Good job with the self talk. Demarcus Lodge, Debo nailed it. That's who it was. Demarcus Lodge is the Jacoby Myers uh, clone for me from from that Ole Miss team. Speaking of disastrous uh, preseason choices. The Washington football team beat Breach's Super Bowl team, the Dallas Cowboys, 25 to 3. 25 to 3. The Cowboys smashed him and literally knocked Andy Dalton out of the game. It was a scary, that was dirty stupid. hit by John Bostick. It's, dis- it's disgusting. There's no place for it. Andy Dalton had given himself up. He lowered his head. He should, I hope they ejected him immediately without question. Good for the NFL for doing that. Good for the referees in charge of the game. I hope that they suspend him one more game. I, I think I John Bostic felt bad afterwards. I will say this. I thought that and it was terrible. Redskins players were yelling at him. It was hard. It was hard to watch. I think Andy Dalton slid a little late, but even still, you can't go at the quarterback. You just know it. Don't, don't do it. Aim for his midsection. I don't know what to tell you, but I mean, it's, what are you doing? It doesn't make any I sense. I mean, he went there like a torpedo with his yeah, head directly right. aimed at Dalton and Dalton was like kind of diving forward. Bostic literally could have pushed him down. Right. Also, it wasn't close when that happened, right? No, they were getting the doors blown off. Uh, I mean, like the Cowboys never had a prayer. Right. Let me ask you guys this before Breach follows up with something probably more interesting and probably weirder. No, uh, it'll be about Andy Dalton. Cowboys are the are the worst team in the, in the division. Are they the worst team in the NFC? Are they the worst team in the NFL? I mean, would you would you? No, they're not worse than the Jets. And I would like Breach. Who wins against the Cowboys if the Cowboys face the Bengals? Oh, the, the, the Bengals win probably by two touchdowns. Okay, so the Jets are the worst team and the second worst team in the Cowboys, and I'm not even joking. Well, and I absolutely agree with that because you look at the other one-win teams. Or, I mean, the Cowboys have two. Cowboys wins. don't one hundred percent beat the Jets. But if you look at the teams, they don't. They don't. If you look at the teams who the Cowboys beat, the Falcons and Giants. If they played them next week, I think they would lose to both those teams by double digits. Like that's just how bad they are right now. They're terrible. And look, you can again with the injuries. I get it. The offensive line is in shambles, but uh, I think it points to a couple things. You can't blame injuries because you hired Mike McCarthy, and I think he's the bigger concern. And number two, Dak Prescott is really important to this team because Andy Dalton is coming into the season. We all agreed he was a good backup to have. We thought the Patriots maybe should get him or the Bears. Uh, he didn't have a chance because he can't run for his life like, like, um, uh, Dak could yeah. until, of course, he, he got, got injured running for his life. Yeah, this was a sad game for me. I told Brinson I'm off the Cowboys bandwagon. So you guys want to hear me talk about them. Uh, and watching Dalton what, get injured what, 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 what was tugging on my heartstrings. Who deactivated the breach spot? <laughs> tarnation. Jerry Jones unplugged me. That's it. That's it. I can't, yeah, I can't watch this anymore. I'm you're watching like, the whole uh, games, trying to convince myself they can still win the NFC East. They could still get to the playoffs and if they get to the playoffs. They could get to the Super Bowl. It's, I'm all off that. I won't, I won't bring it up anymore. This team is horrible. Like they are garbage. It was, it's painful to watch them. I mean, this game would have been worse if they didn't, the defense didn't somehow miraculously make a goal line stand on Washington's first drive that ended up leading to the Cowboys getting safety anyway, so it almost didn't matter. <laughs> that was awesome. All right, but, without yeah. looking, where did uh, – is it Brandon Danucci? Where did he go? Uh, no, it's uh, it's not. I would have known the same thing. You, know, you know where it is, so don't, don't split. I want to see Breach Nest. Ben, ben Danucci. Ben no, I, literally no idea. 
You give me it's a in the, It's in the state of Virginia. So where where do you think he went to school? Oh, actually, uh, I don't, really, D, I don't know D2 the answer. School? <laughs> no, it's a yeah, it's a FCS school. Sorry, FCS. Uh, whew. I don't even know if I can think oh, of it. FCS school in Virginia. Uh, uh, uh my our former boss. Jamie yeah, Mottram that's right. right yeah. J. Oh, James L. Madison. Yeah, James Madison. That's right. I mean, what I a known at the Dukes. You know what's annoying is that now there are 7,000 articles. It's like, who is Ben DiNucci? Right. Colin, Cowboys quarterback. It's like. Cowboys quarterback, he's going to lose to Debo's Eagles next week. Right. I mean, the, Cowboy, the Cowboys could still make the playoffs. That's, no. Brees just told you. It's I, don't try and get me back on the bandwagon. It's just not happened. The bandwagon crashed into a burning house, and everything's on fire right now. It's not- the bandwagon crashed into a fireworks store. Yep. <laughs> everything exploded. By the way, don't be the, don't be the guy that tries to will nine wins on the Andy Yelton led Cowboys. Don't be that person. Just take the medicine. They're done. And then, oh, sorry, ben, apparently what CBS happens if Ben DiNucci beats the Eagles? Is, apparently CBS also did a who is Ben DiNucci story. Of course you did. Washington? Are, are they legit contender to win this division? They looked pretty yes. tough. Their, their defense not, is so good. Not they, legit. You, they have such good pass rushers, and that's all you need in this division because Carson Wentz is like a straw man that breaks if you hit him. Daniel Jones fumbles if you hit him. And break. the I will Cowboys say this. don't have anything on, anybody on their team. The Washington football team can win the division. No. Yeah, yes. I think they could. They, it was, what, at 55% coming in that the Eagles going to win coming into this week? I think it's something like that. The division winner breakdown. Brian, Washington is a half game out of first place. And, and they, they already have, have, they already have Yes, they have a win on the Eagles already. Here's my, here's my argument for why uh, I'm still all, all on the Eagles. Carson Wentz, better than probably anyone in the NFL, knows how to play with number one, receivers he just met five minutes before the game started, and number two, with a patchwork offensive line. He's been doing that for a year and a half. Obviously, really Andy Dalton's not accustomed to doing that, and uh, that's a huge problem. Daniel Jones, it, it just fumbles every time he gets the, the ball. And Kyle Allen played okay, but, I mean, he ain't leading the team to the division <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the Washington Football Club at this point. Here, I deeply, here's, I deeply, I will say this. I deeply regret not betting the Eagles at plus money to win the division. That was a mistake. You're busy trying to dunk on Debo. What? Still time. There's still no, time. I mean, Brinson, you said after week one that the Washington football team could win the division. So I, I thought you were going to say that bet. And, and I, <laughs> I agree with Ryan. You know, I'm, I'm peacocking around with these two, four and one Philadelphia Eagles right now. Home playoff game. I feel like they're going to win a playoff game at this they're point. They're minus 165 to win the division. But go. I will say the team that I think I'm most afraid of, if that's the right term to use, is, is Washington in the division. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm much more afraid of Washington than New York or Dallas, which that is says hysteric. something. And you could argue, by the way, no, never mind Washington. The Giants could be in first place. They've lost so many close games by such stupid fashion. They're terrible. This is the division with six total wins. I, uh, the other thing I was going to say, though, the, the Washington football team is coached by a guy who's experienced winning a division under 500. Like he knows how to grind it out. By the, the way, Cowboys you know coming up have, um, at the Eagles, Steelers at home. They're losing both of those games by double digits. I promise you that. I don't care if you drag Roger Stahlbach from his, like, 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 like bring him out of the, drag Aikman out of the booth and put him on the field. It won't matter. They, you cannot play against those two teams. Those are two of the best defensive lines in football. They are going to get, 
whoever's under quarterback is going to get annihilated. What if the Steelers beat the Ravens next week and lose to the Cowboys? That would be the most Steelers things ever. That would be the most. You know what? I want to say something real quick because we talked about Belichick and Tom Brady. How much do you think Aaron Rodgers is enjoying what's happening to Mike McCarthy in Green Bay? I mean, he's taking shots at tequila every time the Cowboys lose, right? He's spiteful, too. He's hammering. Oh, yeah, he's definitely spiteful. He's he's probably finishing a bottle every time the Cowboys lose, especially when they don't score a touchdown. Did we do the Dak Prescott, uh, Trevor Lawrence thing yet? Did we do that? What is that? Well, if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys go, finish with the number one overall pick, do they draft yes. Trevor Lawrence and let Dak yes. walk? And yes. By the way, if they have the number two overall pick, given the way Justin Fields played for Ohio State on Saturday, he played so much better than last year, and he was really good last year. That's also a situation where you take Justin Fields and you move on from Dak Prescott. I mean, that solves your $40 million contract situation with Dak Prescott, and it gives you a young stud quarterback on a rookie contract. Which they badly need. With no uh, in a year where the salary cap might only be one hundred and seventy five. And on a roster that's completely loaded with stars and scrubs, where you paid a, a, a running back thirty million dollars. That's the other thing, and we'll talk about the Chargers later. I think one of the reasons the Chargers are so good because they have playmakers around, and the offensive line isn't terrible. Joe Burrow is obviously really, really good, but that offensive. Well, you line... know what, Ryan? That's amazing because what do you got? We're going to combine two more games, and we are going to combine the Browns beating the Bengals thirty-seven to thirty-four. <laughs> Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a... That is always so funny. I tear up every time you play it. Actual tears. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow both went off. Shout out to uh, my man, CJ Kaltenbach, at the Siege DFS. He had, had a chat with him about it. He said Burrow was going to win the Millie Maker, and he think, I'm pretty sure he did. What's uh, that? He didn't win the Millie Maker, but Burrow was the guy. Uh, in this game in particular, we're going to add the Chargers as well. The Chargers throttled. They didn't throttle. They, they took care of business against the Jaguars and covered, beat the Jaguars 39-29. The over in both of these games hit easily, like halftime. The Bengals plus four covered thanks to a missed extra point by Cody Parkey for the Browns, uh, after they, after Baker Mayfield threw a dime. And of course the Chargers by seven and a half covered. Herbert was awesome. Baker was awesome. Burrow was awesome. Odell Beckham. Potentially lost for the year with a what is reported to be a very serious knee injury that he suffered on a awful, awful. pacing down an all oh, Baker Mayfield threw an awful interception and, and Odo Beckham chased down the defender and he suffered the knee injury. And then after that, Baker locked in and threw five touchdown passes, was lighting it up. Harrison Bryant had a big game. The Browns now move to five and two, right? Five and two. Baker started over five, including that stupid interception, which came after Breach will tell you a great drive by the Bengals that ended in a batted pass and a red zone interception. But then after going over five, Baker went 22 of 23 and he was lights out. And you would imagine, I don't know if Breach felt this way, but it looked like Baker was headed for another Steelers like performance. And we talk about last week, uh, Aaron Rodgers quitting once the Buccaneers started uh, piling up points. Aaron Rodgers came back this week. We'll talk about that later. I give Baker May- Mayfield a lot of credit. He looked like he was done as a football player last week. He was obviously injured with it, with the ribs. Came back and played really well. Yeah, you can say it's a Bengals defense, but he, he hasn't done that a lot, and that's a huge development. And also, one other thing, it sucks that Odell Beckham may be lost for the season, but I wonder without him, without Jarvis... Blessing, playing, blessing in disguise situation? Because I sort of feel that way. It's like the Antonio Brown situation in Pittsburgh. You don't have to throw to the ball to him 15 times a game and feel that pressure. You can spread it around. It's what Bill O'Brien thought he was doing with DeAndre Hopkins. So I wonder if maybe that that'll perhaps help him going forward. 
watching that entire game, I absolutely felt like Baker Mayfield was a better quarterback once Odell left the game. And obviously, you know, Odell's a superstar. He has great talent, but Brent, you hit the nail on the head. I just feel like when you have a guy like that on your team, especially when you're a younger quarterback, you know, Baker Mayfield hasn't been in the league for five years. He's still a young guy. You feel the pressure to throw to him as often as possible. You want to make sure he's not unhappy and taking his shoes off on the sideline like he did last week. And so what happens is what Ryan just said, where you go 22 or 23 to end the game and you complete 21 straight passes, which was a Browns franchise record. I don't care who you can play against the Jets defense, completing 21 straight passes against any team in the NFL is impressive. And so, well, and not just Baker though. It also like is a huge help. I think for somebody like Kevin Stefanski in the play calling. You don't feel like you're trying to get Baker, trying to get Odell Beckham involved. You know, like you, you're just calling your plays and then you're letting Baker Mayfield decide whoever is open. Let's make the best possible throw. And Baker, some of these touchdown passes were friggin' dimes. Wondering Joku was insane. I'm sure Breach was frustrated by the last touchdown that Phillips somehow just Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah. I don't know what happened on that last. What was he doing, Breach? Insane. I mean, it's on the sideline. There's no reason. The, the, I can't even remember who was on coverage, but there's Phillips. no reason you let that pass pick it. There's no room over there. You just keep the ball from it, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe that. I almost cried. It was it was that bad. The Bengals are I, one I, five I, and one, but they feel better than that. You know what's funny is that the yeah. Bengals are one five and one. They just led, kidding. They're not better than that. <laughs> they've led in the fourth quarter of five of their seven games. So this is yeah. like it, it's unbelievable, actually, that they're one five and one and not at least Two, four, and one, or even three, three, and one, just because. And by the way, that Hail Mary at the end, I thought there was like a 50 50 chance. It, I mean, it, it was close. But well, now it's weird though, like, is he going to be able to get it to the end zone? Cause it was yeah. like, uh, he threw it uh, a good but, but 70 Breach, yards. This is exactly what you said you wanted out of the Bengals season, which was like, I don't care what the record is. I just want to know that Joe Burrow is good. And like, Joe Burrow is definitely good. Joe now, Burrow is he, unquestionably awesome. I think that, look, after this game, you have freaking Carlos Dunlap going on Twitter and trying to sell his house in Cincinnati. And if, since, if, the, if the Bengals are smart, they need to not be as stubborn as they were last year when I just wanted to disown the franchise because they refused to trade Andy Dalton or A.J. Green. You have two guys who don't want to be there in Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. Trade and for AJ Green. some offensive linemen. Put them in a package, all three of them, to get one good offensive line. Like, whatever or, it is. Or a high draft pick. Joe Burrow is throwing for 400 yards out there with the Bengals already had a bad offensive line. They lost two starters in this game and he is still slinging the ball left and right. I mean, it's really unbelievable to watch. I don't think people realize how bad the Bengals offensive line is. It's uh, unbelievably bad. And Burrow's out there throwing for 406 yards. I'm going to say this real quick. The Bengals did not punt one time the entire game. Uh, since the merger, NFL teams were 55 and 0 when scoring 33 or more points and having zero punts, and they are now 55-1 and one after that loss. That stat is from Jay Morrison at The Athletic. Uh, Burrow is thrown for 300-plus yards in five of his seven starts, tied with Patrick Mahomes in 2018, 2018 for most by a quarterback since 1950 to start the uh, year. Uh, Mahomes, five, Kurt Warner, four, and 14 other players had three. Like, it's it's very it's just very clear to me. The Bengals are one, three, and one when leading in the fourth quarter of the season. Yikes. By the way, T. Higgins is really good. I, yeah. I was curious about his ability to get open. Yeah. I hate draft season. I really do. Like I love T. Higgins in college. And then like I yep. was like got talked out of him by people, not me. 
You can't. That's right. You can't. That's that's a big problem. And, that's, and I was like, oh, Tyrion's not a first rounder. And he went first pick of the second round. So he wasn't a first rounder. But like he should have been a first rounder. Right. That's right. I There's mean, no reason why you take. Here's what happens. And, Denzel Mims runs a four three seven and goes crazy the senior bowl. And, and he's he's raw. Right. Like, why would you want Denzel Mims over T Higgins? T Higgins is a monster in college. It's like One Mike thing, Williams. Like people are like, oh, Mike Williams, does he have the top end speed? I don't know if he has the speed. Does he have the speed? It's like, did you watch Mike Williams play? Yeah, He's right. a monster. I want to say my only knock on Joe Burrow right now is that he is turning into the Daniel Jones of fumbling. Uh, he just, he gets it and he loses the ball. And it's that simple. Right now, he leads the NFL in fumbles with uh, eight. The next closest is six. Daniel Jones himself only has five. So you can't have a quarterback who's fumbled eight times in seven games that's you know you're not going to win games if they're averaging i mean a he's fumble. averaging like 45 dropbacks a game behind a terrible offensive His line it's just arm but you, him. you just you, you can't average a fumble per game i mean it if doesn't you matter 45 times what's his what's his per fump what's his per drop back like one every time he drops back he fumbles <laughs> terrible I just, you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, we understand, but the point is that, I mean, Breach is right. At the end of the day, yeah, at some point, that much. if you're going to win nine or 10 football games, you can't. They're asking Joe Burrow to do an obscene amount. Right. That's it. Awesome. Feels, it feels like Peyton Manning in his rookie year in Indianapolis, except you just don't trust the Bengals to actually get better. It, I don't know. That being said, I was going to say Joe Burrow is fun to watch and I'm excited yeah. for the Bengals future. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, excited about the quarterback future. Boom. Well, like and look. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to me just having to take this L on Justin Herbert. Everybody is taking the L. There's no one that was like, and Prisco probably will say he is. There's no one that looked at Justin Herbert the last two years of Oregon and said, Oh, this guy is going to be the best. And here's I actually tweeted this out today and we've talked about it before. Um, the Redskins are taking the Redskins. There's put it in the jar. Washington football <laughs> team are, are taking. If they're doing the redraft today, knowing everything we know, they're taking Justin Herbert at number two. And that's I, only if the Bengals are like, do we take Joe Burrow? Do we take Justin stop, Herbert? Stop, stop, stop. Dude, Justin Herbert, I'm going to go off the top of my head here, uh, leads the NFL in third down passer rating. He is first in passer rating among all rookie quarterbacks. He threw four touchdown passes last week. No Chargers uh, quarterback has ever done that. Had three more today with no interceptions. He is, he's no joke. That's oh, a, you just found a tweet where I said Justin Herbert might be a second day guy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yikes. You should get a, why am I getting old takes exposed? Costa's got all takes exposed on uh on Sunday. That was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's tough, man. It's it Burrow uh, Herbert just looks like he is now. Let's take this with a grain of salt. And with Baker lighting up the Bengals, you know, we're talking about Baker's like, well, it was the Bengals. The, the Jaguars are next level terrible in defense. He's played this way every single week. If Tyler, if Tyler, if uh, what's his name, Trevor Lawrence plays this way next year over the first five or six games. You should be elated if you're the Jets, assuming that's where he ends up. Um, Devo, stop trolling me in, in Slack. Devo's just oh, trolling me, me about draft stuff. Uh, Jake Fromm. Whoops. Um, Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. People can't even hear. They don't even know what's happening. What is Brinson talking about? Devo's oh just trolling God. me in Slack, giggling. Brinson picked Jake Fromm as the first overall pick. I think I like Fromm. You know who might need a quarterback in the draft next year? Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. Minshew stinks. Well, there's so, a conversation that your your guy might might re, might have replaced him if he didn't play semi decently on Sunday. Um, there, was, there was a lot of chatter that Mike Glennon might Mike Glennon. Uh, might step in and replace him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, um uh, Herbert, man, Herbert just makes 
big throws. He just makes big throws. It is crazy when you watch how he played in college the last two years. It and doesn't maybe, make any sense that it's happening. Maybe, and Brady Quinn mentioned this at points during the draft, uh, the run-up to the draft. Maybe it's just the offense that he's in with Mario Cristobal. Maybe that's it. But it's like night and day. Now, look. It's not, like, this offense is like next level for the Chargers. Well, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, who you mentioned, Hunter Henry, um, Eckler's coming back. Uh, they have Josh Kelly, who they drafted. So they have the weapons, and that clearly helps. But I don't think their offensive line is great, but he is doing so much. And, and you mentioned those throws. He has the most passing yards in his first five starts in NFL history behind only Cam Newton, head of Mark Bulger, Andrew Luck, and Patrick Mahomes. Mark Bulger, throwback. Bulger was lighting it up for the Rams weekend. Yeah. Day three pick. The Chargers could easily be like five and one. Again, we talked about it last week. He, he, he just got his first win. I mean, he think he hadn't won a game in five games. Now he's one in five or one in four or whatever it's as a starter. The Jaguars, t- the Chargers were up 16. And the Jaguars took the lead. Yeah. And then the Chargers stomped on them and, and took it, over. It was close. And, and, and Jacksonville was up against the Chiefs, Bucks, and Saints. Jacksonville was up 29 to 22 in this game. The Chargers scored a tie at 29 29. Then Jacksonville fumbled the kickoff right. on the, and then, Chargers recovered at like the 15 yard line, scored three p- plays later, and it was a blowout. The Jacksonville defense is by far the worst in football. No. We just yes. talked about the, we just talked about the Cowboys and we just talked about the Seahawks. Jacksonville's worse. Brian Jacksonville has given up if what? 30 36.7 points per game their last six games and 495.2 yards per game. Is that not good? That's not. They have given up 30 or more points in six straight games, which is tied for the longest streak in NFL history with the 1984 Vikings and 1968 Broncos. That is how bad they are. We're bringing up the 84 Vikings. And the teams that they've played are the Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Bengals, Texans, Lions. Okay. Chargers. They haven't played anybody. They're just getting mollywhopped. Football Outsiders agrees that they're the worst. And the second worst is actually uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, man. They have the Texans next week. Sweet mercy. All right. Oh, they're on bye. Wait. Oh, dang it. I, I'm proud to announce that I didn't make a bunch of lineup changes that cost me millions of dollars today. I just right, yeah. had progress. I, I had bad lineups. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will get through the rest of the game. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, so the Lions beat the Falcons. I can't believe this game had to wait till after the break. This is one of the craziest games of the year. It was only 23-22, to 22, not as high scoring as a lot of people thought. The Lions plus one covered the under 54-and-a-half hit. Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford both have 19 fantasy points, and, oh, poor Arthur Blank. On the sidelines in that Falcons. Poor Falcons fans. Poor, poor Falcons. everyone living in Atlanta. I mean, like, they – did y'all, by the way, did y'all see, oh, Debo. Oh my God. I know. I the Falcons say. should get oh. their own TV window every week because they're literally bizarro Seahawks where the Seahawks do all this crazy stuff and they usually end up winning even though they didn't Sunday night. The Falcons, they always lose in some unimaginable way. And this is, this is up there on the unimaginable. But it's not channel. unimaginable because if only they've been watching television 24 hours before. He can't get ready for a game. Oh, up high, down hard. That's right. Ryan is dunking on Debo because the day before, 
James Franklin, the galaxy brain genius in charge of Penn State, allowed, ran a play that allowed his team to score to go up eight points when all he had to do was take knees and get out of Dodge for a win. Indiana, my Hoosiers, go down the field, score, uh, tie it up, go to overtime, and beat Devo's lowly, sad Penn State uh, Nittany Lions. Not just beat them. Beat them in the most unimaginable way possible. That was what was unimaginable. That, the that, overhit in that game, that was the crazy part. Debo, was that a touchdown in the Indiana-Penn State game to win it? I, it, it's 50-50, and this is not a Penn State podcast, but I do feel a little bit validated because I've said on here before that that James Franklin is overmatched. I think, Ryan, you questioned yeah. me on that. I had people you know, saying it here, and then when, whatever I say on social media, question my loyalty to Penn State. And it, it's not that. I just think he's uh, he's a moron, so we can move on. <laughs> and I, I even went as far as, as saying I would gladly, gladly welcome back Bill O'Brien, uh, another friend of this podcast. Wow, Billy that happened on uh, nine o'clock at night on Saturday, and then fast forward to three thirty p.m., four p.m. on Sunday. So Todd Gurley gets the ball. The Lions are the Falcons are down two, two. Yes, they're down two. They hand off to Todd Gurley. He goes up the middle. The Lions players are tackling him, but they want to let him score, so they release him quickly. And Gurley falls out, and he realizes he's about to fall in the end zone, tries to stop himself. It's too late. He's crossed the plane. The Falcons go up. uh, As a result, go up five. They go for two. They obviously don't get it, right? right? No, they went up. The touchdown put them up four. Touchdown put them up four. They go for two because you don't need to be up five. You want to be up like six is better than five. In theory, it shouldn't matter. That gives the Lions roughly like uh, 55 seconds, I think it was. No timeouts. Matthew Stafford works it down there. They get down to the 10-yard line on a play to Kenny Galladay. Great catch. They go down and spike it with two seconds left, and Stafford – Buys time, moving in the pocket, and hits, throws a laser to TJ, a wide open TJ Hawkinson in the end zone to tie it up. And all they have to do is kick the extra point. They get an unsportsmanlike conduct, which backs them up 15 yards. And, uh, and then who's their guy? Uh, who's their kicker? So right. wait, wait. So Matt Prater is trying this 48 yard extra point when mind you, Earlier in the fourth quarter, he had missed a 46-yard field goal. So this was not a gimme at Whoa. all. And it's it's Lions-Falcons, two teams that always lose in weird ways. And it was like, he's going to miss this. This is going to go overtime, and they're probably going to tie. Yes, and uh, Prater buries it, and the Lions win, move to 3-3. Three and three. The Falcons fall to 1-6. and six. And I, I'm going to guess that Raheem Morris probably not going to get that job now. I will say this. I'll just say this quickly, Breach. The Lions have won three of their last four. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn have saved their jobs. Oh, baby. You know. Just because they're three the and three. And one today, I'm, I'm coming at Prisco. That's enough to save your job. Ryan, I, I can't believe you're off the Jim Caldwell ban- bandwagon. No, I'm still on the bandwagon. But the reality is I think they're on their way to saving their jobs. Three and three. I mean, that's the best start they've had ever. They should be five and one or four and two. Stop. They could be six and oh, yes. They I have agree. the Colts, Vikings, they had a Washington. Panthers and Texans in their next five games. They could win three of those. They, they could also win. lose three of those. They could, they, they could, they could lose all five by 20 points or win all five by one point in a triple overtime game that isn't actually possible. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I want to, though, ahead, sorry. 
Well, I just I just want to slightly defend Todd Gurley. That was real quick. Okay. Uh, so we're talking about the Penn State game. In the Penn State game, Penn State had a one point lead. Literally, all they had to do was kneel the ball, and the game is over. So that huge, that's huge difference. Huge difference because that is bad coaching. In this instance, the Falcons were losing. So let's say Todd Gurley falls at the one yard line. And then for whatever reason, maybe the Falcons fumble on the next play. They don't get a touchdown. They lose. Then Todd Gurley gets grilled for not scoring there. Mm. So it, it kind I mean, of goes. Lions players were celebrating. No, 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 like, no, no. no. He, he, he should have fallen because look, you could take three knees and kick an 18 yard field goal. Nobody's missing an 18 yard field goal unless there's a bad snap. Uh, it, it's a 99% or your, hit rate. Or your Blair Walsh. Or your Blair Walsh. And then the wow. other part of that, you could just kneel it once or run up the gut once and let 40 more seconds pass at and the minimum. Outs too. Right, right. So it, 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 he didn't do the right thing, but it wasn't the same situation as the Penn State game because the Falcons were losing and they did still need to get some points to win. So he should The whole point of the Penn State comparison was one that we want to dunk on Debo. Oh, we dunk, dunk, dunk on Debo. I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. It, it, it moves. It moves things along. If you if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Who would have thought the Nittany Lions? It would work against them and then work for the Lions. That, Maybe they can hire Dan Quinn. Penn State. Yeah. No comment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look. A huge win for the, they need the Lions need to win. The Lions should have blown out the Falcons in this game. I don't. I don't even know what they were doing. Like they're so annoying. They're two bad teams. That's what's going on. The Lions are a lot better than the Falcons. Yeah, because the Falcons are one of the worst teams in football. The Lions are terrible. 500. The Falcons going to draft Trevor Lawrence? If they get the opportunity, they better. Yeah. Justin Fields, too. Yeah, they they probably have a good look at either one of them. All right, moving along, unless there's something else. Uh, But Oh, I will say this. Um, Kenny Galladay is really, really good. So good. TJ Hawkinson is really, really good. Mm Mm-hmm. This Lions, I, I don't know why. DeAndre Swift is really good. Yep. Stop giving the ball to Adrian Peterson. They Oh, that that's what they did. That was so annoying. They went on fourth and one and did a handoff to Adrian Peterson. Drives me insane. What do you want me to do? Give it to DeAndre? Do anything. You have Matthew Stafford, TJ Hawkins, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, DeAndre Swift. You got all these like, And you awesome give it to your oldest playmaker. skill player. You give it to a 45-year-old running back. Who, who, if he's in the backfield, everyone knows he's running it. And that was on a goal line stand by the Falcons in the, I think, second quarter. It's from the three-yard line. Todd Gurley had more carries than the Falcons had points. Is that a problem? No. Not given that he's one of the first-round picks that starts on that team, so that makes sense. <laughs> they, right. they just are too – they lean into Todd Gurley too much. All right, we'll move on to the next game, which is the New Orleans Saints beating the Carolina Panthers 27-24. to Drew Brees, 29-36 for 287 yards and two touchdowns. DJ Moore went off 93 yards, two touchdowns on four catches. The uh, Saints didn't cover, obviously. The Panthers covered plus seven. The over 49-and-a-half hit, Drew Brees is your top fantasy performer. And we almost had Breach kicking history. Brenton, I had the champagne bottle ready, man. It was coming out of the two-minute warning, the bottle sitting on my desk. I'm thinking, if there's a kicker, we're indoors. It's Joey Sly trying a 65-yard field goal. Now, if you you didn't watch this game and you are wondering why in the hell were the Panthers trying a 65-yard field goal at the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter, 
Uh, the situation is that it was fourth and 19 because Teddy Bridgewater took a sack. Horrible. They're at the Saints 40, horrible sack. They're at the Saints 47 yard line. So you can't punt because you might not get the ball back. Your options are go for it on fourth and 19. Or if your kicker and your special teams coach say, Hey, you know what? We actually, uh, hit this in warmups. We think we could do this right now. Why not do it? And I know the Debo logic with Jake Elliott was, hey, it's never happened in NFL history. Why would you even give your kicker a chance? Well, they sent him out there, and Joey Sly hit this 65-yard field goal so perfectly, except he only hit about 99.9% perfectly because he missed it. was about three three. inches short. It like, looked like it was going in. The when whole it left three his foot, inches. it was, was like, dead oh God, center. He was like, that's good. He made that. It did not waver off dead center. It's like when you stripe a drive in golf and it feels perfect. It's like you hit it so well you don't feel it. I would imagine that's what it felt like coming off his foot. It's the best and feeling I, in the world. Breach, I'm guessing 99.9% of the way you thought it was going in. So as soon as he hit it, like you could just, he, he just jacked it. And like, I'm seeing my office chair. I jump up with my hands Clip there. I'm like, insane. Oh my God. He like, I am literally like thinking about, I got to write this record breaking story. This is, this is insane. And then like, I'm, then the refs just look at each other and they had to think about it real quick. Cause it went like right under yeah. the crossbar. He shaved the crossbar. And then they went, and there were two Panthers players with their hands up in the air. And then the refs went, no good. And I was like, that couldn't have missed by much. And they showed the alternate angle where it missed literally by Ryan said by like three inches. That was, that was absolutely insane. And maybe not the most exciting part of the game, but it was up there. Was this exciting. was actually a pretty entertaining game uh, all around. Here, Breach, don't, don't yeah. say the answer. Cause I actually forgot. Brinson, what is the record and who, who holds it for longest field goal? Um, can you give me a year? I guess yeah, it would but... be uh, somebody in Denver, obviously. It was Jason Elam. That's what I thought the answer was. He broke it originally, but now it, it's, it's the year's up. 2013, and it was in Denver. Oh, it was in Denver. I didn't know that. We uh, mentioned him on this podcast. Yes. It wasn't a Denver kicker, though. Very recently. It was oh. a Denver kicker. It, it was, oh, he was, was a Denver was kicker? Was well, it trying to bad hints. Wait, what? did he play for the Broncos at that time, Breach? It, yeah. It's Okay, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Was it a Broncos kicker or no? Yes, but it, it was, was a Broncos not kicker. And like Debo said, we've already mentioned him on the podcast once. And you it's not Jason Evans. Telling me yes or no. <laughs> was yes. It a, yes. It was a Broncos kicker. Yes. Uh, 2013? Not Jason Elam. He had it previously. That's who I guess. It's in between Elam and McManus. Do you want uh, a twist to this, Brinson? Yeah. Don't let Brinson Google. You actually wrote the story on CBSSports.com <laughs> about him breaking the record. <laughs> That's terrible. You stole Breach's traffic on that, and you can't even remember who it is. I think Breach was with us, though, in 2013. He was with us. He was everywhere, forever. Uh, is it... Um, I had no idea. I don't remember. Matt Prater? Yes. It is Matt Prater. Ah, nice! And, and just to give you an idea how crazy these... So Prater I had my hands up the whole time. Don't even try to act like I... You guys are so disappointed I got that. I, I, I didn't remember. I'm impressed, Brinson, I'll be honest. What were you saying, Breach? So Prater hit that 64-yarder in December 2013. Since then, so the last seven years, there's only been three kicks attempted that were 65 yards or longer, and none of them really came close. One of them was even by Justin Tucker, but he fell like five yards short, landed in the middle of the end zone. Team returned it. So this this rarely, rarely, rarely happens. But, yep, it was Matt Prater, 64 yards against the Titans, 2013. Good job, Brenton. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you the link to the story. Look, Colin, Matt Prater makes 64-yard field goal. Matt Prater smoked a 64-yard field goal. <laughs> Look, that's right. We used to do those things. That's funny. 
look. Uh, by the way, before we move on this game, I love Teddy Bridgewater and how he fits in Carolina. I love Matt Rule and I love Joe Brady. They're they're you know, we, good. We talk about Matt Patricia saving his job. I mean, Carolina is a much better team than the, than the Lions, even though they're currently three and four, uh, because we all expected them to be the worst team in football, even worse than the Jets. I, I think if you were looking around at like rebuilding, t- yes, the Bengals are in great shape because they have Joe Burrow, and you feel good about the Chargers with Justin Herbert, and we don't know what Tua will do yet with the Dolphins, but like. You have to feel pretty good about what the Panthers did this offseason. And the defense was a big issue. That defense is young. Like Jeremy Chin is playing out of his mind. Brian Derek Burns Brown, is a monster. Brian Burns had the strip sack on, on Drew Brees. Uh, Derek Brown's going to be good. There are a lot of reasons to, to be excited about what they're doing. In, in I think if you're a Panthers fan, you're very optimistic about the future. Yeah, fingers crossed. What about the yeah. Saints? They are now four and two. And it, I mean, I gotta be honest. It feels like they're. Just way worse than the Buccaneers, but they're just right there with them. I'll say the crazy thing. I thought when Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders got ruled out, in my head, I was thinking the Panthers might win this game. Like, who's Drew Brees going to throw to? And I didn't think, because they've had trouble scoring points for the past few weeks just because Drew Brees is so old. The offense just doesn't run as efficiently as it used to. And I thought Brees came out and had a fantastic game. He played a lot better than I thought he would, but also helped that Alvin Kamara was pretty much unstoppable and was single-handedly running that offense because he had 83 rushing yards he and 65 so receiving yards. freaking good. Yeah. Like, you watch him run in the open field. It is incredible to watch. Are they the Panthers could not tackle him. Uh, by the way, Sean Payton. Carolina or New Orleans? New Orleans. Are they a playoff team? The Saints? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They can, well, they, no, can get, they can get squeezed, but I think we'll know in three weeks. They have the Bears, Buccaneers, and 49ers. There we up. go. Ooh. Ooh. That's rough. They could lose all three of those. Bears, Buccaneers, That's 49ers. Bears. Especially if they play the Bears defense without Michael Thomas. <laughs> Michael Thomas, um, there was a situation where, like, apparently Michael Thomas, like, apparently wanted to trade. Uh, Florio, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk reported that. And then Sean Payton went on Twitter and said, insiders on the outside where they belong in response to a Bleacher Report a tweet about it. And then Florio doubled down on Sunday Night Football, I believe, and said that the Thomas thing was like Thomas's agent or you just signed a contract. What do you do? What do you, what do you, what do you want to trade for? What is happening? Yeah. I will say this though. Florio doesn't usually, he usually I don't think Florio is full of it. I think, I think, right. I would, I would be more inclined to believe that a 20 something angry about how things are going. Maybe because he got benched for the fight or whatever. I don't know. It, but, but Florio's whole point was it's not. Um, the Saints aren't trying to trade Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is annoyed and wants to be. That's not, that. I, I could believe. Where do you think you're going, buddy? You had like walked in. Remember the Jets? I mean, how that worked for Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown when they got kicked out? It's crazy. It's like what? Like what, you just landed with a Hall of Fame like quarterback who just wants to do nothing with throw you slings. And you just set the NFL record for most receptions. Like literally, all receivers, all they want is the ball thrown to them. You can't possibly have the ball thrown to you more than you already have. Right. Like, what do you, what, you want the ball more? Like, what, like, what do you want, man? Um, all right. What's next? The Saints are, Saints are, Saints are just hovering. hovering Chiefs 43, Broncos 16. Boy, that got out of hand fast. Quick. Chiefs minus seven covered the over 46 hit. Shout out Nick Costas for saying to take that over. It was a lock. Patrick Mahomes led fantasy with 14 points. Technically, Debo. 
puts this stuff in there. I believe the Chiefs defense led in this game with all their points because they had a pick six and a kickoff return for a touchdown. How, on a scale of one to ten, how worried are you about the Chiefs offense? Zero. Last week they ran the ball 46 times. They never done that in Andy Reid offense, and they just trounced the Bills. This week they had, uh, what, 22 rushes and 25 passes. Two of those passes came from Chad Henney when he came in in the fourth quarter. They can win in any number of ways. It snowed in Denver. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, before the game, said he was a snow snow quarterback. After the game, he said it was cold. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure where he falls on that. But, uh, you know, it's late October and it's snowing. That's probably not ideal. In terms All right, of- let, let me ask you a different question. Pete Prisco said on our CBS Sports HQ show, you can watch it uh, every day, 4 p.m. Eastern, on CBS Sports HQ, free streaming, 24-7 Sports Network, uh, Roku, Amazon Fire, wherever else. And um, he said... That he thinks he's like Mahomes. Mahomes wants to throw it. He's not happy having to like with they running. I was like, what? Do you, he didn't care. Do you think Patrick Mahomes cares that they're winning with running the ball? Can he still uh, cash his checks on on Thursday? Right. I don't think dumbest. people cash their checks in the NFL. Right. I think they get direct deposit. It's the dumbest thing in the world. What saying they cash their checks when they get direct deposit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty. I'm dumb. Just like the idea that Mahomes would be mad that the Chiefs are like. What if Mahomes goes to the bank like we used to do in high school and says, can you cash this on Friday? And it's $8 million. Do you think they can do that? Um, I, mean, Brenton, I don't think your question was that crazy. That Ryan just kind of shoved to the side and said it's not an issue at all. But look, they were trailing 40 to 24 to the Raiders. They only had 13 points at halftime against the Bills. And even though they scored 43 points in this game, they didn't score 30, 43 points. As you said, two touchdowns. Uh, came from the, the pick six and the kickoff return. So now you're talking about them scoring in the twenties and they have. That's the point, well, Breach. The Seahawks can't do that. That's, that's what's great about this team. Well, right. Yeah. I do agree with that, that they have a better all around team than the Seahawks, but that doesn't mean we can't be a little bit concerned okay. about. They were outgamed by 125 yards. They were Let me just say this. If you're the minutes, Broncos and, and somebody told you, the Broncos are only going to give up less than 300 yards of total offense to the Chiefs. And do not allow one single third-down conversion. And not allow a single third-down conversion. If you're a Broncos fan, would you be like, hell yeah, I'll take that. We win that game? I will like, say that. That would be though. a reaction. One thing and, to- and, and spoiler, you actually lost by 30 points. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. like, what? Like, one thing to know. This is something that I haven't seen a lot in the, the Patrick Mahomes era. He got hit a lot. And that doesn't happen a lot. And that is a concern. I don't know the state of the offensive line because I, I was watching all the games at once, so I don't know if guys were out or whatever. But he was getting hit. Bradley Chubb was getting after him. Malik Reed was getting after him, and he wasn't happy about it. And, and you know that's something that will certainly, um, you know, affect any quarterback. And Brenton, you mentioned the zero third down conversions, zero for eight. Here's your fun fact for the podcast: the Chiefs pulled off the second largest win since the NFL AFL merger for a team that did not convert a single third down in the entire game. Uh, they won by 27, second place to only your Panthers who beat the Colts by 32 in 2011 without converting a single third down. 2011, what game was that? Cam versus, oh, the Cam versus Curtis Pander. Cam. Oh, you knew it. Man. That's exactly what it was. Packers 35, Texas 20. This game is was not nearly as close as the score would suggest. The Packers minus three covered. I, again, I've I've really got to stop doing this, guys. What? Two weeks ago, I said this. I was like, the Steelers. It's too obvious. It's too obvious that they're going to beat the Browns by more than three. And this week, I was like, it's too obvious the Packers are going to beat the Texans. Like that. Those are two free money games. So I'm sorry. 
That's two I whiffed on. Packers cover that easily. The under 55 and a half somehow managed to hit. Rodgers went nuts. Aaron Rodgers, 35 fantasy points. Devontae Adams went nuts as well. 31 fantasy points for Devontae Adams, who ended up somehow didn't have the most receiving yards on the day, but had 13 catches for 196 yards and two touchdowns. Rodgers threw four in total. 98% of Deshaun Watson's statistics come in garbage time. It is wild. He doesn't do, and I'm not, I'm not blaming him. Like I sort of blame the defense and just the general team. He doesn't do anything until the, that Texas team is down 28 points. Well, I mean, you think having someone like Dre, Dre Hopkins might help? Just throwing that out there. Just spitballing. Just spitballing. Yeah. And I will, I will say this. I mean, the Texans are not a good football team. Uh, Romeo Cornell kicked a couple times late in the, in the game where they should have been going <laughs> for it. Like, I don't know what you're doing. He's down three scores. He kicked on four. It's like, come on, my man. What's, what's up? And I'll, I'll say this again. I'll reiterate what I said earlier. Um, Aaron Rodgers no shows when, when the game's on a hand. He's like, I'm done. I'm not even going to try. He had a chip on his shoulder all week and he took it out of the Texans. Uh, he and, and Devontae Adams. They actually now, uh, without Williams, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was out. Jamal Williams ran the ball really well and, uh, he had over a hundred, uh, total, uh, scrimmage yards. There was some, uh, chatter that AJ Dillon might be the guy. He had five carries for 11 yards. Yeah, they need Aaron Jones eventually back, like for the playoffs and next week. Uh, where, get, where are they in the NFC? NFC title game, Packers, Bucks. You got Bucks. Bucks got a defense. That would be the same thing that happened last year when the Packers got steamrolled by the 49ers and then the NFC think title game. We're like, oh, maybe they could win, but nobody thought they were going to win. That's that was literally the premise of my sorting Sunday pile last week. What is what, who's winning the NFC title game between the Packers and the Seahawks? I'll take the Seahawks. But Who's think. winning the NFC title game between the Bears and the Eagles? No one. The Eagles by 50. Me, it's not me. <laughs> Viewers at home. <laughs> yeah. All right, what else? Randall Cobb, top receiver for the Texans, eight catches, 95 yards. Brandon Cook, seven for 60. Will Fuller caught a touchdown. Turns out a healthy Will Fuller is really good at getting into the end zone. But there are a lot of bad teams in the football. In football. The Texans are giving away a top five or top ten pick to the Dolphins. That's yeah, insane. That's true. I do. I saw, uh, I saw our buddy Lance Zierlein tweet this out, but Jack Easterby and Bill O'Brien over the past nine months. Easterby is the the president of the Houston Texans. Came he's over the, from, the, the, he's the a new guy in charge. Right. Son of a preacher man. They yeah. have effectively obliterated the Texas chances to be competitive in the near future with their trades and signings. It's unbelievable. how. Bad and the man got a new title and a raise. Yep. Easterby, the other one got fired. You know, Chris, you think from this game real quick? The Packers went seven, seven of 12 on third downs. All seven conversions were completions. Devontae Adams. Adams is a bad hit. Texans Jaguars are two weeks, by the way. That sounds like fun. Someone's got to win. Can they put it in prime time? That's all I ask. Flex it's, it. It's Sunday night football. Yes. All right. Let's go. What do you got? Oh, and I am told rely according to sources. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. DeAndre Hopkins is coming on the All Things Covered podcast with Bryant McFadden and Patrick Peterson this week. Nice. He will be asked, and I, buddy, I bet he'll answer about Bill O'Brien and the one in six Texans. He, the Cardinals just beat the Seahawks. They're four and two. The Texans are one and six. Hopkins is going to be peacocking on that podcast. So make sure you subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. 
and anywhere else you get your podcast. It's a great show with uh, uh, our buddy BMAC and his cousin Pat P, who may be podcasting a lot in the future. What does that mean? Hey, wasn't that good? Shadow wow. DK Metcalf on 42 routes tonight, 86%. How do you have that, do you have that number? Uh, because I'm a, the leader of the Patrick Peterson fan club at this point. Shadow, whoa, Debo just dunked on you. Shadowed at, where'd you get that? Uh, next gen. Shout out next gen. Um, 42 of 49 routes, four targets, one reception. For DK Metcalf after shutting him down to zero receptions last year. Tough play on that Tyler Lockett one, but that was the most, one of the most beautiful balls you'll see from Russell Wilson. So not much he could have done there. Man, you got Danny Green. Right? Dunked on. You got Craig Ewan. In the next gen stat thing and I'm just missing it. Too late now. No makeup. All right. Keep, don't get, don't get sidetracked. Let's go. You were wrong. Um, Oh, it's from next year's Twitter. Okay. Bill. Oh. Yeah, you're never on Twitter. I don't know how you could miss that. Oh, yeah. Bill's 18, Jets 10. The Jets oh. plus nine and a half covered the under 46 and a half hit. Josh Allen. Eh, didn't screw to have a touchdown against the Jets, but he's your top fantasy performer. Cole Beasley as well. How worried are we about the Bills, Ryan? Scale of one to 10. Uh, about a seven and a half for most of the game. I mean, the no, Jets. I mean, in general, for the Bills. Overall, uh, Seven? Six, six seven. Good. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jets led 3-0 in this game. That was the first time they had a lead since week four against the, against the Denver Broncos. Yes. This is a straight up doo-doo operation. The man. Jets had a double digit lead for the first time since last season. I mean, think about how terrible. I mean, it got to the point where it looked like they were going to give Adam Gase a Gatorade bath when, when they went into the halftime <laughs> of the lead. Uh, it, of course they lost the football game. I'm concerned if I'm the Bills. The, the offense has now not scored 20 points, I think, in either three or four straight games after coming out like gangbusters. Sam, Sam Darnold, uh, the other one, Josh Allen, is regressing to the uh, in parts to the Josh Allen we've seen previously. He's still a very good quarterback, but ain't no more MVP conversations about him right now. Yeah. The defense sucks. The defense is bad. I don't know how that defense is bad. They just stink. They were getting steamrolled by, who was it? Uh, who's the running back? Where's the rushing? Oh, there it is. Frank Gordon, Lamichael Lam- Lam- P. Ryan. They were, they were, they, um, every time I looked up, they were running for five and six yards of the clip. Um, Sam Darnold played had two picks. I, I don't know what to make of that just because this team is so bad. And, and I still think Adam Gase is getting fired before the season's over. I, I mean, the Bills are still five and two. So we're not like, this is not a full blown panic. And they have beaten the Jets twice. And it is divisional games the second time around a little bit tougher. It's hard to cover those games. Those games typically aren't very high scoring, uh, except for the Browns and Bengals. But I mean, you you need to take care of business against the Jets. This is the worst team in football, and you can't let them hang around like that. You need to oh, slaughter them. Great that they won, but it's not a convincing win. His next they didn't score Patriots a single game. touchdown, and that's that's really the crazy part is that it's not even so they didn't punt at all. They're the first team, I think. What, what, what's punt? that that we have? Yeah, they're the first team since 1941 to win a game without scoring a touchdown. Or punting. And that here's the, wild. so the, the Bills went up and down the field. So that was the weird part. They got into the Jets territory on every single possession. So like the Jets literally didn't stop them a single time, except 
Buffalo couldn't move the ball once they got in New York territory. It's like they hit a brick wall because they attempted eight field goals, which is the second most field goal attempts in a game in NFL history. And so that's your problem. It's your red zone offense. There's always something new with the Bills. You know, we've been talking about their defense. We've been talking about Josh Allen regressing the meet. Well, now the red zone offense looks bad. Uh, so it, it does seem like they have a new issue every week. So maybe hey, I can uh, by the way, Ryan, over under. 165 yards for the Jets. Total yards for the Jets in the second half. God, that sounds like a lot. That must All right, be fine. Over, over under uh, 125 total yards for the Jets in the second half. Must be over. No, it's under. They had four. <laughs> four yards in the second half. You should have kept going down. <laughs> 12 yards over under. <laughs> Eight. You should have done 50. <laughs> Wow. I was, I was like, I was trying to get with the big numbers and Wilson would go. You know what? Also, the crazy part here is that Adam Gase finally gave up play calling and it was the one game where the Jets shot out to a 10 nothing lead. I know. So the only time they looked good all season was the first quarter and a half of this game when Adam Gase wasn't calling plays. By the way, the, before we move on and I'm ready. Four yards. When you have Prisco on next week, please start the podcast by reading his evaluation of Adam Gaze a few years ago. And then oh, ask, my Ask him God. to respond. I found that over the – hold on, let me see if I can find it. Oh, I've done it now. I pulled a breach when I told him not to do the exact um, thing. We just sidetracked ourselves for an hour. I know. I'm going to literally have to go straight to the hotel and drive home for a um, wink of sleep. Sorry, we already checked you out, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Your back's on the curb. Uh, I won't find anybody. But he wrote that like Belichick, that Adam Gase could be the next Belichick in his 2017 coach rankings. It's it's one of the worst articles you will ever read. A few years from now, he might top this list when Belichick retires, if he can keep it going forward. He started by saying he has a star in the making. Yes, he had eight. Adam Gase, Dolphins. He is a star in the making. Gase took over the Dolphins last season. He got a team. Hardly stacked with talent at 10 and 6 into the playoffs. He has great give and take with his players, oh. knowing when to push and when to pull back. He is also a great offensive mind, which you need in this league today. One more thing, he is a maniac when it comes to working, which can be seen in his preparation. A few years from now, he might top this list when Belichick retires, if he can keep it going. Oh. Number nine, Bruce Arians. Oh. I think Prisco is not a general manager in charge of making any coaching hires. I mean, Bill O'Brien was 10. Or is he pulling the strings in New York, and that's the reason Gay still has a job? Awesome. All right. That's my theory. That's my All right, theory. So let's do our winners and losers. And uh, Breach, we'll start with you. Am I doing a winner or a loser first? Usually we start with winners. That's why it's called winners and losers. Don't try to get cute now. We're almost there. Wilson, my God. We're going to be uh, way under two hours, which is a shocking turn of events for this podcast. My winner is the Cardinals. Because, look, did Cliff Kingsbury make some incredibly dumb decisions? He did. Why would you ever kick a field goal on second down? Uh, but you know what? They won, so no one's going to remember that in two weeks. Everybody's going to remember it tomorrow and the next day and probably the day after that. But after that, they're just going to look at the standings and say, you know what? The Cardinals beat the Seahawks back in uh, week seven. So the Cardinals and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury are my winners. Uh, and Cliff's I'm handsome-er than Ryan. I'm going to go with, with Justin Herbert. And I think I've had Justin Herbert in previous winners, uh, even when they lost. They finally won. Justin Herbert finally got his first win. They're two and four. Uh, but more importantly than that, the Chargers did the right thing. They took Justin Herbert six overall when I and everyone else thought they should take anyone else. Um, whether it be Tua, whether it be someone like Isaiah Simmons. I mean, it was a slam dunk right decision based on what we've seen so far in, in 
It's incredible. Maybe make Tom Telesco your winner. Tom Telesco, way to go. Well, I mean, Justin Herbert's actually playing much better than he did. So a combination of Tom Telesco, Anthony Lynn, uh, Pep Hamilton's the quarterback's coach, uh, and, of course, Justin Herbert. Way to go, guys. Uh, for my winner, oh, I'll take Jimmy Garoppolo. Rolls into New England for a revenge game and takes out the Patriots. Like, blast him. He should, he should be the guy starting for the Patriots right now. He should be where Cam Newton is. He never should have been traded. If Bill Belichick knew he was leaving, if he knew Tom Brady was getting out of there, you should have kept Jimmy G. You'd be winning with Jimmy G. You could have built around him. Instead, Jimmy G's lighting it up in uh, San Francisco. Played pretty well in this game. Debo Samuel, also a smaller winner. Revenge game for him, too. I agree with that, Ryan. Uh, Breach, how about a loser? My loser is uh, a team that basically has been a loser in perpetuity for all of time, the Atlanta Falcons. They find a new and amazing way to lose every week, and now I just tune in because it's like watching a funeral, except there's fireworks at the funeral and margaritas are being served. It's fun for everyone except for the person in the casket, which in this case is the Falcons every week. By the way, this Falcons funeral every wait, week. Wait, 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 was that a funeral filled with margaritas and like? Well, he's saying it's just so crazy. It's like it's sad for one group and then exciting for everyone else. And this funeral, a Falcons funeral every week, involves dropping the casket every single time and the guy, and the body <laughs> falling out. And you're like, oh my god, it happened again. And that's giving up a 25 point lead every every single week. My loser, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And like, yeah. the, and, the, and the cadaver is like has no pants on. <laughs> right. <laughs> the guy Fine. falls out. Why not? <laughs> He's a tiny whitey. He's just like rolling out of the thing. Bernie Lomax. <laughs> there goes Bernie Lomax. That's right. My, uh, speaking of Bernie Lomax, my loser, uh, Dallas Cowboys. They are not America's team. They are not even Dallas's team at this point. I don't know what they are. They are so many things going wrong with them. Uh, you could argue that inside that loser, uh, tag this week, the real winner is Dak Prescott because he's going to get paid unless they get the first or second row pick. So. Bad news for the Cowboys. I don't know how you fix this anytime soon. Go big. By the way, we did a, uh, we did a, like, is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat? You know, discussion because the Cowboys are terrible and that's a reasonable oh. thing to have. We get, I got a text from Prisco. It's like pick six idiots talking about McCarthy getting fired. It's like, what? First of all, we didn't do that. Nobody said he should be fired. Second of all, he can't win any games. He's on the hot seat. And then Pete got like a text from a, uh, from an, like an NFL personnel guy this week who's like, Carthy could be on the hot seat. He's like, I agree. It's like, yeah. <laughs> maybe Aaron um, Rodgers is on to something. A breach bot was going to be my loser, or Jerry Jones would be my loser because he lost control of the breach bot. Mm. Uh, but since you took the Cowboys, I will instead say that I am my own loser. That's right. Me. I am the loser. And here's why. Top team in the AFC. This, there are two fan bases who are on me this year. Yes. The top team in the AFC, the Steelers. And the top team in the NFC, the Bears. And those are the two fan bases who are all over me this year. Bears fans are laughing their asses off at the fact that I picked them to be last in the division. And all of us did. Uh, I'm picking them to win every week just out of spite. And Steelers fans, look, I was wrong on the Steelers. That's that's on me. I was wrong. Steelers good. Still finished last. The, the big Brian, big. are you going to hold a grudge? since? No. Nah, that's this is picking, picking to go last was dumb. I got a little too up in my Bengals feelings, but like the Bengals could be, it's not that crazy. Yeah. Okay. Keep talking yourself into this one. <laughs> talking right back into it. So yeah, I mean, that's, uh, look, those, those two teams seven weeks in are in very good shape to make the playoffs. And that's going to be egg on my face. And people bring it up every single week, every 
every 15 minutes or so. so you know what? For Steelers fans and Bears fans, it's for you. I was going to say Wilson is the Steelers homer, and he didn't even pick them to win the division this year. He never does, though. He, he, That's right. Yeah. He All just right. wrap it up, so that means shut up, Breach. That's <laughs> the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow uh, afternoon uh, with a uh, preview. Was it looking to be funny? You won't be back? What are we doing oh, good. That's, that, was, that was my, my face. Okay, go ahead. We'll be doing a preview of... Uh, the Bears, the Bears and the Rams. Spoiler. Oh, by the way, look, if you listen to this podcast, you listen to this whole damn podcast for some reason, go bet the Jimmy Graham over receptions, two and a half. It's juiced. He's going to hit it. He, he'll get three catches tomorrow, Monday night. But get it before it moves to three or three and a half. So go do that. That'll be, we'll mention that on the podcast. That'll be my lock on the podcast, uh, the preview. Then, of course, we'll have a Monday night recap. It's time is a flat circle and it's full of podcasts. So. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.